everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. Stove Leg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 113th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn, coming to you live from my man cave in Millsboro, Delaware. This week we have Cameron Richardson, head groundskeeper of the Williamsport Crosscutters. Hello everyone, I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. If you like this episode, make sure to go back and listen to the older ones. There's something back there for everyone. Um, would love to give some shout outs. Um, easiest way to get one is drop a rating and comment on Apple podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts a little bit. Um, you know, a little bit better for the business side of things and, uh, turns more people into listeners and members of the TARP crew. Um, so go ahead, drop a rating and comment on Apple podcasts. Also make sure to go follow the designated Twitter account for the show at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast, and that's where you can also reach out to become a guest. Um, that's where businesses can reach out as well to become sponsors. If you know anybody that's looking for a unique sponsorship opportunity, send them over to at Pulling Tarp Pod on Twitter. And if you really want to, you can follow me personally on Twitter at it's R A Coon. That's I T S R A C O O N. You might see uh, that I was actually at the Richmond Flying Squirrels game last weekend. Um, great time. Got to meet up with uh, former Pulling Tart podcast guest Emma Tiedemann uh, there in Richmond um, as the Portland Sea Dogs were on the road there. Um, so that was great. And, um, yeah, it was a very memorable game for me, and in due time, I'll be able to tell you guys why. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, all around great experience at the Richmond Flying Squirrels game. Uh, shout out to Sam McCloskey for, uh, setting aside a ticket for me. Uh, so that was great. Um, and the, uh, chicken cheesesteak was fantastic as well. Um, and then just a reminder, everybody, there is Pulling Tart Podcast merchandise. You can get stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. 
Um, there is a link tree in our bio on Twitter. And uh, you can also go to tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. With all that being said, let's chat with Cameron Richardson from the Williamsport Crosscutters. Cam, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super excited to have you on, my man. How's the season going so far for you? Well, first off, thanks for having me on. Super excited to join you. Uh, so far, season's going pretty good. Um, from Ground's perspective, another day, just keeping the field ready to go and keeping it looking beautiful. Uh, I think the team's doing well, to be honest. I don't watch the games too much, but... Uh, yeah, so far so good. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I've seen some pictures of the field here recently, and it looks pretty darn nice, man. Um, so we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and uh, I let you know that I am a Williamsport native. Always will be home for me. Um, what made Williamsport the place for you to get experience and and further your career? So. Coming to Williamsport, it, I mean, it was a it was a blessing in disguise. Um, so I work with Brightview Sports Turf, and I've worked for them in Maryland, New York, and Tennessee, um, up and down the East Coast. Um, and in all those places, I I kind of was just learning on the fly. Um, I I have a business degree. I didn't go to school for turf grass management or okay. anything like that. Wow. Um, so I played baseball my whole life. So I kind of just knew how to take care of the field from what I saw as a player coming up and growing up and playing in college. Yeah. Um, so coming to Williamsport, I mean, it was true just blessing. And I, I didn't, I haven't realized it until probably last year or this year, but um, I got to work with Isaiah Lee now. He's the head groundskeeper out in Las Vegas right now. Oh, okay. Um, so he works for us as well. Um, but just working under him, I, got to truly see what goes into maintaining the field day in and day out and maintaining that professional level every single day of, of what we expect, just keeping things ready for essentially major league standard yeah, uh, or a minor league team every day. So yeah, I mean, that, that was probably the best part of just being able to get that hands-on experience with someone that ha- that has more experience than I do and be able to learn from him. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to ask Isaiah um, about, so the manager for the Aviators, he was the manager in Beloit when I was there, Fran Reardon, and he is a fantastic guy, Um, just amazing, he's like so personable, down to earth, and he's a great manager too, obviously, I mean, he's at AAA now, so um, he was was a, a Frontier League Hall of Famer. And oh, then, wow. and then the Oakland A's, you know, scooped him up from indie ball, and and now he's you know triple A manager. So, um, yeah, you'll have to ask him about that. Um, and then, uh, so so you guys have been doing the the little league classic the last couple years. Uh, what's what's that like? I know I didn't put this in in like the written 
questions I gave you, but I kind of spaced on that. But uh, yeah, I just kind of want to know what that's like and what that entails, really. Uh, it's a really cool process. Uh, I mean, I will say they it takes them three weeks to set up for one game. Um, yeah. So there's a company called BAM, and they do they're based out of Toronto, and they do all special events for all sport events. They do set up the Super Bowl, um, was it like Winter Classic and NHL. Okay. Any special event for sports, they're involved in it. Yeah. Um, so they, they come into our stadium every year and they transform it into a essentially a major league facility. Yep. Um, they take the entire parking lot, um, put up tents and they'll have temporary locker rooms and batting cages. Um, it's, it's like a, it's almost a fortress to be honest yeah. with you. Um, I mean, our, was it all our whole outfield wall is just plywood. I mean, they come in and put padding over everything. They put up a 40 by 80 foot batter's eye over center field with scaffolding. Um, they bring in lights from Moscow and Iowa just to, get things lit up more. Um, and it's, it's, it's a crazy transformation to see everything for one game. Um, and I always find the funniest, not the funniest and craziest part was it takes them three weeks to set everything up and have everything look perfect. And then it takes them to oh, just like about five days to tear everything down. Man, that is impressive. I wow. was, I was in Williamsport visiting my family when the last little league classic was going on. And, uh, staying at my dad's house and I could see so usually I can see the fireworks you know from my dad's house from the stadium but um I could I could see the lights like beaming yeah. from from his house which is which is only a two or three minute car ride but it was still pretty impressive honestly but yeah I drove by and I was like oh maybe I'll go visit you know my my friends Gabe and, and Doug and all them and then I was like yeah I'm never getting in there there's there's no shot yeah i mean, I, I always find it really cool too because i mean there's houses behind the stadium yeah and and you'll see people put up their own scaffolding just to watch yeah. the game over the fence and mm. people have chairs out on the dike for the week before the game just claim yep. their spot so yeah it's it's pretty cool yeah it is it's pretty wild um you know, Little League, you know, growing up in Williamsport, you know, Little League, it's always been, you know, this big deal. But now there's a major league stadium in our little tiny town. It's kind of wild to me, honestly. So um, so speaking of, of the fantastic city of Williamsport, what are some of your favorite restaurants and local establishments to visit? There's a couple. Um, so I would say... Our favorite probably like breakfast spot was Sawhorse Cafe. It was on Washington Boulevard. Okay. Uh, but they actually just closed on Sunday. Oh. Uh, which sucked, but it was incredible food. Okay. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kimball's. Yeah. Uh, Joy Thai. I love the Thai food down there in downtown. Okay. And Franco's is really good as well. Yeah. Frank Franco's is awesome. Um, and then, yeah, Kimball, Kimball's is awesome. They have great wings, from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. What was a lot of your uh, local Ooh. spots to go to? Every time I go home, I got to get a Joe's cheesesteak. Yeah. Yeah, from Joe's Pizza. 
Um, I go to the one by Losock Township High School. There's one near Penn College as well. Um, I like uh, a lot of sub places for me, honestly. Um, I like Frankie's in Montoursville. That's pretty good. Um, what else do I like when I go home? Um, honestly, I just I, all my favorite cheesesteak places are there. So, I mean, that's that's what I usually hit up, honestly. So, um, you, if you want a really good cheesesteak, Newberry Sub Shop. Yes, has massive ones. And they're I, really good. I do love Newberry Sub Shop. Um, I do like Rivals. Um, that's that's always a good spot too. Um, my mom lives within walking distance of there, so that's nice. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. There's some. There's definitely some good spots there. Um, and whenever I'm out and about in Williamsport, we we're just talking about this. I went to the mall last time, and and I saw my friend RWB Rashawn West Bay, the director of Smiles. I understand he has a new job title this year. What what is it? Um, I don't think it's actual title. He just called himself Sarah's intern. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. all. That that's been forever. Um, but well, well, I guess she actually couldn't find an intern, so he's her official intern for the whole s- summer. Oh, okay, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, he's always going to be the director of smiles to me. Um, Absolutely. How how's he doing? I'm sure. I'm sure he's. You know, he's doing what his job says. He's putting smiles on everybody's face. What's what's he up to these days? He's he's up to everything. Uh, <laughs> I, like you said, he's putting a smile on everyone's face. Uh, today's his half birthday celebration at the ballpark. All right. So yeah, giving out a commemorative pin. I think they typically would do a bobblehead for him. Um, but yeah, he's. Every day, morning meeting, he's giving out speeches to pump people up and get them ready for the game and telling everybody to stay hydrated because it's getting hot out. Yep. So he's a, he's a character, but he brings a lot of energy and a lot of fun to to the ballpark. That that he does, for sure. Um, always giving us, you know, pump-up speeches. And, uh, yeah, he, if, I, I would challenge anybody... That you know, I don't think it's possible to have more of a fun coworker than than Rashawn West Bay. Yeah, he's uh, honestly everyone remembers him. I mean, for example, I think the Phillies played in the Little League Classic a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and so a couple former Cutters were on that Phillies team. Yep, and they came up and remembered him, and Rashawn remembered all the players. I think it was. Michael Franco and Reese Hoskins, they were on that team and mm-hmm. came up. They, I mean, he's he's unforgettable. Oh, so for sure. My my dad every t- you know every once in a blue moon I'll I'll be you know at work and I'll get a text and my dad will just say I just saw RWB, you know, yeah. I, and I and I you know I beeped the horn at him and he, he waved to me and I was like oh I no doubt no doubt he's <laughs> everywhere, he's everywhere. Yeah. Um, so. I was kind of Gabe's protege at one point. I was I was Gabe's intern for the summer. That's how I got my start in minor league baseball. Um, that that career move only lasted eight years. So, um, but uh, so Gabe's been on this podcast before. Um, what's it like working with with Gabe on the day to day? 
Well, honestly, day to day, I don't work with Gabe that much. Okay. Uh, even though we're, I think, a staff of six, six or seven people. Uh, I mean, I, I deal a lot more with Doug than anything. Sure. But, I mean, Gabe's, I mean, he's a good person. I mean, every, I mean, he's pretty much the brains behind the whole operation and coming up with all the different game entertainment and everything like that. So, um, working with them, I mean, it's, it's easy. I mean, yeah. cause if I've, and anything I've ever needed, I can ask him and he'll go out of his way to, to try to get it done as much as he possibly can. Yeah. So it's, it's always been a good relationship working with him. Okay. All right. What's, what's Doug up to these days? I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a long time. <laughs> uh, he's still kicking. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much just doing. He's usually a quiet guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's quiet. If you get him talking, he'll he'll chat your ear off. But at the same same time, it's yeah, he's uh, he's doing well. Yeah, all right, yeah. all right, sounds good. Um, and then, as far as a groundskeeper perspective goes, you you really see a different side of the players. You actually get to interact with them while they're warming up during BP in between innings, all that good stuff. Uh, what's been your favorite part about that from this season so far? Uh, so this season, this season has been a little weird. So uh, with us being in the draft league, um, they bring a lot of players in for the first two weeks of the season as temporary players and then probably get rid of three quarter of those players and then bring in a, essentially a whole new team once like college playoffs are oh, over. Okay. Um, so I, this season I haven't had a lot of interaction with the players, um, but I would say in previous seasons, uh, well, for, I would say last season, the players probably didn't like me too much because I was telling them everything they can't do on the field. Okay. Um, you're not the only groundskeeper to do that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in, in other seasons, not even just working in Williamsport, but other seasons before that, just, um, I got my start down in Savannah, Georgia with the Sand Nats and there was a couple players down there. I mean, just so personable. Um, yep. so, I mean, it's, it's always cool to see everywhere you go. I mean, everyone's different. So it's, it's always cool to see just different people different places and just gauge get everyone's different personality from all over the country or essentially all over the world at that point for sure yeah yeah i uh, one of my favorite parts now it wasn't my favorite when they changed this so i really liked uh doing the walk-up songs because so i was in charge of like usually editing and downloading everybody's walk-up songs now i didn't like it when they would want to change it like every day or every other day. <clears throat> um, but I always like that aspect because it shows you their personality, um, right. you know, to the fans and to everybody else, you know, um, you kind of get a feel for what the guy is wh or what he's like based on his walk-up song. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite Mo pattern? Uh, my favorite Mo pattern honestly is whatever is the quickest okay so person so i'm six five so i don't actually fit on the mower oh, I'm, too, I'm too tall 
So if I'm mowing for too long and I get off, I can barely walk because it hurts my hips so bad. So I, uh, I try to do whatever's quickest. So during the season, I always have my interns mow. So whenever they leave, I'll try to just mow as hopefully be on the mower for an hour, hour and a half tops. Okay. Um, but, um, I mean, as far as my favorite mow pattern though, I'd probably say I'm, I'm more like traditional. I like, I like a, like diamonds or a checkerboard or just straight up. Um, nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, every now and then I would say, I mean, it, it's nice to do something with a little flair. I know some people just can try to go all out, but they might be spending six to eight hours just sitting on a mower trying to put one pattern in. Right. Um, I don't have that luxury of <laughs> that, that much time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I would say I'm more traditional than, than any too anything too crazy. Okay. All right. Do you try to spice it up with like any like you know specialty logo behind like home plate or anything like that every once in a while? Uh, not really. Um, I'm right now. Well, previously to last year, we weren't allowed to put any logos or anything on the field. Oh, okay. Um, in Williamsport, um, but last year they they did allow for a uh, a logo from a turf insert. Okay. to be installed but other than that like no logos on the field or anything like that um and that's all coming down from major league baseball okay yeah sure sure um so i know you work for brightview now but you probably you know as far as you know you working in baseball you've probably never been asked to be the mascot because of how tall you are right no uh fortunately I've always lucked out in not being the mascot, and yeah. I've always pulled I'm too tall yeah. on that card anytime someone tried to do it. See, I'm only like five eight on a great on a good day, um, so I've had to be the mascot plenty of times. So, um, so yeah, you're not you're not missing out on much there. Trust me. I, I didn't think so. I mean, I see it. I see Boomer every night, and I I think some. I mean, some days it's nearly 100 degrees and yep. it looks like he's about to die so i i couldn't imagine doing that and i i give credit to anyone who's ever in a mascot because i mean it it's it's tough yeah yeah does boomer still have his four-wheeler and he jumps off the pitcher's mound and all that uh so they moved all the, the bullpens off the field okay but they couldn't get a four-wheeler this year. They're still trying to get one. But okay. in previous years, he still did it and still would just zoom around the field and do his wheelies and everything like that. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, he's still that's, doing it. That's a lot of talent. In order to do, like, anything in a mascot costume, like, anything athletic-wise, you know, that's, it takes a lot of skill, talent, well, I think. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't realize how much of a science it is, but he was telling me that if his tires are, like, even one pound a square inch air difference it will pull into oh. it, it will just pull in that direction so he might just run into the wall oh. and he can't see anything right so and uh you know the he always has to avoid players coming in and out out of the dugout so it's mm -hmm. uh it's it's tricky i give him credit yeah yeah for sure yeah boomer's the man I'm that sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it's still the same guy too. Oh, it is. Yeah, I'm. I'm positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a life. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, 
so I know you work for Brightview now, so so maybe you're not roped into like all of these like crazy situations that are going on in the stadium now. But um, you know, I gotta ask, what's the craziest situation that's happened during a game that you've had to assist with? Uh, I would say nothing really too crazy. Uh, I think the only the thing that does pop in my head. I mean, even though I am working with Brightview, I still try to make myself feel like I'm part of the front office and sure. interact with them as much as possible. Okay. Um, but I would say when I was working in Southern Maryland doing indie ball, this is probably my favorite favorite thing that we did. Um, so they did a money drop. So they did have um, tennis balls with different numbers on them, and each number corresponds to a different amount of money that you could just win. Okay. Um, so, But they dropped it from a helicopter. So I got to go up in the helicopter, fly in over the stadium, and just drop tennis Whoa. balls all over the outfield. So that was probably one of the coolest things because this is like the first time in a helicopter. Yeah, that is pretty cool, man. Yeah, not yeah. everybody gets that opportunity, that's for sure. Um, what's the worst excuse that a staff member has ever used to call out of work for you? Um, I think he was just, what was it? He said he just didn't get a text, even though we called him and told him that to come in at nine o'clock. <laughs> uh, he did get fired the next day. Oh, okay. As a no call, no show. But uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Normally, I don't really have a lot of people call out too often. All right. Well, that's but good. that's good. Yeah. Lu- yeah. Luckily. Yeah. Knock on. Yeah. Right. Right. Um... Are there any tarp pulls that stand out to you that you can share? Uh, I would say there might probably two. Um, I think they're both in Williamsport, actually. Um, last year, last year we were pulling the tarp in the middle of the game, and the visiting team had to come out and help put the tarp on because it was raining that hard yeah. that quick. Um, so that was one of them. And then in 2019, it was the day of the little league classic and we had a thunderstorm roll through and we had 40 to 50 people on the tarp and almost lost the tarp in the stands. Wow. Cause it was that that windy. Um, so that, that was one of them. And it was literally right before batting practice too. So all the Cubs players are taking videos with their phone of us almost losing their tarp and, it was uh it almost became a huge nightmare man well i'm sure now with the uh literally classic um you guys have one tarp now i'm sure where when i worked there they had two tarps and it overlapped right around like the second base you know you know and they would put so they would roll one out from first base and one out from third base i think because they were given to them second handed by by from Little League. And um so then that you would put tires like right where like the two tarps would meet up, like in the right. middle. So that was a disaster. I hated doing that. That was yeah, my I've, first tarp pool experience. I've heard stories about the two piece tarp and uh Yeah, I, I think it was when I when Isaiah first got here in twenty seventeen there's a, a, apparently a story that he put out the two-piece tarp by himself. <laughs> um, and then after that, he said, 
we're getting one tarp. All right. So yeah, ever since then we've had one tarp. All right. All right. Good. To, good to know for sure. Yeah. Um, and then so there is one listener question I believe here. Um, so Chris Austin, um, at Christopher AAU two on Twitter, he asked. How have the new improvements to the ballpark changed your day in and day out routine? Uh, for me personally, I mean, I've I never saw what the field was like before right. MLB came in and renovated it, but I know I've met with sales reps who used to deal with the team before we got here, and I know RD who used to take care of the field as well before we got here, mm-hmm. and they. I mean, they both admitted it's, it was, it wasn't the greatest. I mean, I think that it was limited budget and I think, um, pretty much everyone had a key to the gate to get in to play whenever they wanted. So, um, I think coming into it, it's just, we do a lot more preventative maintenance on the field than in previous years. Um, I mean, we're, we're spraying fungicides every two weeks, um, when in, I'm talking to Doug in previous years, they'd only put anything out if they got a disease right. in the graph or anything like that. So we're doing everything preventatively um, comparatively to before when they would do anything post, post, post wise. Okay. Um, but I say day in and day out. I mean, it's just trying to uphold major, essentially major league playing services as best you can. Um, with a limited amount of staff with limited li- limited amount of knowledge at the same time because most right. my both my interns are both 19 years old so they're yeah. fresh out of college so it's it's a learning experience for them but, but at the same time like if you look at any other major league staff it's the head guy's got 30 40 years of experience and everyone else is former head guys in minor league baseball so everyone knows what to do day in and day out to keep that playing surface in tip-top shape so i mean to to say it's a challenge is it's true i mean it's it's very challenging but at the same time it's it's rewarding as well yeah yeah it sure sounds like it At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear, but we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Y'all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie. And I'm John. This is True Crime Cast. Um, so Johnny Bolin, the man, the myth, the legend, um, he's, he listens every week, um, at Johnny MILB fan on Twitter. He asks, what's your favorite part of your job and least favorite part of your job? Oof. Uh, favorite part of the job, honestly, is, is just being able to see, literally see all the work that you put into it and. You, you can just see the results. Um, 
in, in the turf, in the dirt. Um, I mean, it's the mounds, everything. I mean, you can see just, you know, all your work goes into it and it's literally perfect. So that yeah. for me, that's, that's the most rewarding part. Um, cause you know, it's just like when, when a player comes up to you and it's like, this is the best mount I've ever pitched off of. It's like, all right. Yeah. Like I, I killed it. Like, yeah. I, I'm doing a good job. Right. Um, my least favorite part, honestly, is the games. Um, and the only reason I say that it's, I love the job. I love my, I love doing work. I, I love working on a baseball field. It's just, I, if I'm at work, I want to be working. And for me, it's like from three o'clock to 11 o'clock at night, we might be doing two hours of work. Uh-huh. So you're just sitting there for six to eight hours with not really anything to do. So that's probably my least favorite part of the job. Yeah, yeah, I would, I I can see that for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of uh, sitting and waiting. You know, it's, exactly. What what do they call it? Hurry up and wait. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yep. All right. So we got one more listener question in, right at the buzzer. It's the it's Tim Lillis the Lillis on twitter worst part of running grounds at southern maryland blue crabs maybe you guys work together he worked at the blue crabs too so tim's first year at the blue crabs um was my was my second year at the blue crabs so that was it was my last year at the blue crabs so yeah we overlapped by about one year okay yeah Um, he's been a guest on this show too okay yeah he just left uh, minor league baseball didn't he yes yeah he did yeah i can't can't say i blame him yeah (laughs) (laughs) me either i guess (laughs) yeah uh worse what was the worst part about southern maryland worst worst part of running grounds at southern maryland blue crabs um i would say all the extra events Mm. uh i'm not trying to just hate on southern maryland when i say this but uh, it was a great learning experience for sure Mm -hmm. um but there's no drainage in the outfield so you get a lot of disease pressure um and then just no equipment uh yeah that would do it for sure yeah all right all right a lot of of challenges but at the same time it makes you a lot better groundskeeper because you got to think of what you can do with not having anything right right become a lot, a lot more resourceful yes yes um the guy that was our groundskeeper in beloit uh zach ricketts he went on to be an assistant for the oakland a's um and now i think he's back in minor league baseball with omaha now but yeah he'll tell you the same thing he was yeah. balling on a budget down there in beloit so yep yep all right man I- Cam, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, I'm mainly on Twitter. Um, to be honest, I can't remember my Twitter handle. Ooh, I can look it up for you. You are at C Rich Grounds. Um, that there it is. Okay. Uh, but that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't. I'm not cool enough to have a TikTok or anything like that. Me. So. I don't Instagram. Okay. I, I always forget to take pictures of everything, so yep. I'm 
mainly just on Twitter. All right. All right. Sounds good, man. And you're also on LinkedIn if if anybody oh, wants sure. to yeah. connect with you on there. So, all right. And uh, so I know you've listened to at least Kel Rensel's episode, which which he's he's an awesome guest as well. Uh, what has I? So I end with every every episode with the same question. What's been your favorite walk-up song in your MILB career, and whose was it? So it wasn't MILB. It was one of my college teammates. Yep. Um, it was the one song where it's like, every time I think of you, I touch myself. Oh, yeah. So he was a pitcher, so they played like a minute and a half of that song, and the uh, the coach didn't allow walk-up songs after that for two years. Why? That's a great song. That's a great pump-up song. I agree with you. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, we'll get that one added to to the playlist on Spotify, um, the Pulling Tarp Podcast walk-up playlist. Um, But, Cam, thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening and uh, coming on the Pulling Tarp Podcast. Really appreciate it. No, it was a blast. uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime. Let's, Let's stay in touch. Have a great rest of your season. Listen to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hello, everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear, but we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Y'all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie. And I'm John. This is True Crime Cast.